What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. We talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hello, and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And we're talking about Cartesian theory today. We are, yeah. So it's a really big subject, this, isn't it? Um, so we kind of need an in, I think. Well, my in was, I want to talk about it, um, <laughs> because it's, um, well, I, I was listening to YouTube. I actually listened to a lot of my YouTube verses watching it, and yeah. I just like put it on and potter about. There's this thing called podcasting that you should get into. <laughs> um, yeah, I do that as well. But I'm just saying, when I do mm. engage with YouTube a lot of the time, it's just because I'm interested in what they're saying. I'm not really interested in where they are, um, especially this year because everyone's in their house. Um, but yeah, um, I was listening to one, and they were talking about their, you know, issues with anxiety, and they were saying that, you know, they've done a lot of the mental work, but their body still has reactions and so on and there's nothing they can do about that and that just made me a bit bummed out because I was just like well no that takes away all of your power as a human being if you separate your mind and body like that you don't have any um, sort of ownership or power Hmm. to change things you're just like this is body's doing um, as though it's up to something and there's nothing you can do about it Hmm. and uh, then I said I want to talk about it yeah okay that's cool so that's a nice introduction to why we're talking about it today um i suppose we you said cartesian dualism mm. or at least i think you said that yeah i think i said cartesian theory but it yeah. is a it is a dualistic theory it's um so it comes from the french philosopher rene descartes mm. um do we want to just quickly try and describe it cartesian theory mm. yeah so it's basically just the idea of the self being split into the mind and the body um and it's a very long running and continues to be used theory hmm. um though it is starting to be questioned more now probably because we are more questioning of duels or dualisms in themselves yeah it's quite interesting because we come from different perspectives on this don't we so Obviously, my perspective is psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really studied Descartes in any great detail, um, but anything I know about it comes from stuff I've done through learning about psychology, yeah. whereas for you... it's Well, I learnt it in a media module, though mm. the thing is when you do media is you dip into many disciplines. Mm. So obviously, when I did media, I spent a lot of time in the psychology and sociology department of the library mm. um, because that's media draws on these things like mm. I, th- I think people don't really necessarily know what media studies means but it it, it we use media examples to explore mm. these things it's kind of it's not just watching telly no um okay so let's just um get the definition then really bottomed out i think so you said it's this split between body and mind yeah this concept that the that our existence, if you like, is is split between this yeah. this thing in our in our bodies, which is like us, mm-hmm. and then we have separate to that our body, 
Yeah. And it's like the the illustration to me is like um, you know a driver, if you like. So mm. there's there's yourself that is driving this physical body, um, but the two are actually separate. Yeah. And I think it, it's kind of like the puppet and the puppet master sort okay. of thing. So yeah. it's like your mind pulls the strings, and then your body's just this like vessel. Yeah. Which I think is in has its own inherent issues because it sort of suggests that all that makes you is in your brain and then your body's just this thing Mm. that you happen to inhabit but I think that there is more of a relationship between yourself and what makes you you with your body than just it being a thing you're in yeah um yeah, absolutely. Um, I should just sorry to just interrupt. Um, it's raining today in in Peterborough, mm-hmm. um, which means you might hear, um, as an audience, you might hear some the rain dropping on the windowsill. Unfortunately, but I think that's fine. It's quite relaxing. Yeah, just think of it that way. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I did a bit of research on Descartes. I mean, it's it's um, as all philosophy, it's quite dense. Um, Especially is it wor- philosophy from then, they love to. Yeah. Is it worth me just reviewing some of what I found out on that, or do you want to go straight into to the? Because it feels to me like you know you, your your discussions on um, dualism are kind of a later development of it. Mm. Um, is it worth talking about the early beginnings of this concept yeah. of dualism? Yeah. So, um, from what I I can understand, and I am not a, a philosopher. Um, Really, where it starts with Descartes is this concern, this worry that how do I know what true is? How do I know what reality is? It's very difficult to be 100% sure that you actually have a grasp on reality. And I think that's very modern. I mean, that's a very still a question we, we ask ourselves today and is explored in film and television and so on. Um, you know, how do we know we're not in a simulation? And he said, essentially, that's what he was asking. You know, how do I know when I'm dreaming? I feel like I'm I'm living a real life. When I wake up, I realise I was dreaming. How do I know I'm not dreaming now? You know, um, and if we rely on our senses of sight, touch, smell, and all that, all of those can be fooled because they are when we're dreaming. So how do I know that I'm not dreaming? Or how do I know that God or an evil demon isn't fooling me into believing? that um, this life I've got is real when actually it's not real and he he gets right down to what can he really know for sure and the only thing he can really know for sure is that he's thinking (laughs) so the very fact that he's asking that question that he's thinking about it that's the only thing he can really know for sure hence the famous um, sort of statement that everybody knows about Descartes you know I think therefore I am um, and that's that's basically where he starts. But with that comes a whole bunch of other stuff that um, also allows him to support his idea that there must be a first cause, a god, um, and the idea that there are different modes or different types of reality that you can talk about. So. You know, if I have a thought about something, like a thought about a table, is that thought real? Yes, it is real, but the table is more real, if you like. So there's these two things that kind of exist separately, but still exist. Um, and he uses that same 
kind of move to explain God. You know, if I can think about God, if I can imagine God, if I can imagine the great cause, the first great cause, then there must be a God. So it's a kind of variation of the ontological argument. So that's kind of where it all stems from. And and then, you know, we end up with these ideas of mind and body, the soul, um, which is obviously the church already has this concept of of an immortal something and that fits nicely into this so so you have these ideas of the the soul going somewhere else when you die and it is you so essentially you just leave this body behind um and it's reflected in a lot of things you know even even in science fiction with you know wharf when 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 klingons die you know just think of this as a vessel it's his actual self has gone somewhere else mm. to what's it called um, no, that's not it. Novacore, is it? Yeah, Stovacore. Stovacore. I was going to say something else <laughs> of a different video game, I think. I was going to say Valhalla, and that's just not right. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the Viking yeah, thing, it's in, it? Yeah, it's in one of mm. the new games. But it's, it's um, so yes, it's really pervasive, and, and that's kind of where it comes from. So it's reflected in media, it's reflected yeah. in modern language and in the way that we think about things. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's discredited really by philosophers um but it's still very still a very popular way of talking but i do feel like there's kind of a push now for for i don't know having a connection to your body mm. i feel like we're almost kind of like i don't know it it allows some sort of like disgruntlement towards your body i don't know it's like oh, just have to put up with this body thing um, just interrupting the middle of the podcast here because I want you to remember that you need to tell a friend about this podcast so that we can keep making cool stuff and you can talk about it with your friends because it's more fun if we're all getting involved so tell a friend, share it, text them about it get involved back to the podcast then do you know what I mean? Like, yeah and it's like well but that is part of you surely part of your lived experience because the way that we jumped into it in the lectures that I was doing because it's for a module called embodiment which is Mm. why obviously we're covering it um was you know in all of the many many films where someone jumps bodies I mean we made our own student film where we did a Mm, body jumping that's right you did yeah yeah was it called hex Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so um but would you actually be you if your mind got shoved in somebody else's body mm because you're in somebody else's body it's mm. not yours so everything like would you even be able to would you be able to walk would you be able to talk because it's someone else's like mouth and teeth and mm. lips and all of those things like it's not like we're all just in a husk that reacts the same way but it's <laughs> a great word yeah, husk <laughs> yeah but I feel like you do and yeah. like, everyone talks about shells yeah you know, like it's just a shell now. Mm. like you know and Someone goes to visit the body and they get sad and they're like, "Don't worry, they're just a shell." Yeah, they're like you just, you just, yeah, they're gone. But your body's still there, and it's like, yeah, would you know if if we did a Freaky Friday, you know, yes. would I actually be able to cope? I think it was interesting. There's an anime that we watched. We both watched it. Parasite. Yes. You yes. know when it has to go into a female body yes. and suddenly it's just like it can't, or a male body, whatever way, mm. and it can't cope. 
mm. it starts rejecting. So para, um, Parasite is not the one that, um, not the Korean film, no, but the, um, the anime. Anime. Which we should do a podcast about because we both watched that at different times, not realizing yeah, it was a surprise. Each other had yeah, it. and then I rewatched it when you were watching it. Yeah, it's, it's so just good, brilliant. It's yeah. my partner's favorite anime. Actually, yeah. it's really good. It's very sad. <laughs> but, well, it's got sad moments in it, hasn't it? But it's yeah. also quite. It's just very. But good. I think it's it's really interesting because these these themes are explored over and over and over and over again in film and television, aren't they? And in yeah. all medium. But I think that's the interesting thing. Is like yeah, from sort of maybe 90s to early 2000s where it's just like yeah it just works we're mm. now starting to see the fact that people are questioning if, if it would just work mm. so like i said when it swaps to a um opposite gendered body it, it basically malfunctions and it can't because mm. it's differently wired things work mm. differently mm. um you know so yeah if i if i jumped into your body or vice versa would you potentially feel the bodily responses that I have mm. and would that freak you out because mm. do you know what I mean so like we've all got our own um, state of mental health so would the things that my body does like if I my embarrassment reflex would you <laughs> is that a bodily thing because I feel it physically yeah I, I feel deep physical embarrassment I'm empathically embarrassed um, by stuff on TV if yeah, we swapped bodies would you be horrific would you feel my physical reaction of embarrassment because that's like a learnt thing in my body yeah or is that something that's just in my brain mm. i don't know yeah no, i feel it, it viscerally it's um it is explored i just keep thinking of loads and loads of films now mm-hmm. that just keep coming back to me yeah. just thinking about exactly what you're describing there mm-hmm. um there's a film called transcendence which is Germany considered not to be a very good film, but it's um a it's Johnny, exploring it though. It is Johnny Depp film where he is a computer scientist and he, he makes a some sort of software package that allows him to mm. upload his consciousness. This Johnny is Johnny Depp a, is a computer scientist. <laughs> I don't buy that. No. Yeah. Um but yeah, he does um play that role and um but there's a few spoilers here if you really want to watch the film, but I probably wouldn't waste my time. Um but he you actually—it's quite interesting because you do actually see a bit of a of a, a descent into yeah the real him has gone. It's yeah. it looks like him because he manifests himself, talks like him, and he obviously has memories. But because he doesn't have that body anymore, it's not really him. It's a shadow of himself. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So questions like obviously the Matrix dis- sort of discusses that as well. Um, Freaky Friday you said where bodies are swapped I think is it called The Man With Two Brains the Steve Martin film I don't know there's an absolutely hilarious scene in that where he's he's playing a woman inhabiting a man's body it's just absolutely brilliant mm. um, but yeah it's um, yeah so where do you want to go from here then we've kind of explained it I think now yeah so obviously what I think about Cartesian theory is it's a bit it's it's limiting and potentially it could be potentially damaging because you create a, a duel within yourself and then you know you're trying to sort of win slash beat your body or mm-hmm. you know anything that goes wrong and you're like body <laughs> um, so for me for instance 
the reason I found it quite interesting is because I've got colitis mm. and it meant that I didn't have to be like angry at body for like messing with me. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because when you create a du- dualism, someone's like, you have an autoimmune disease. You're like, well, why would you do that to me? Like, mm. for I suppose you're on the same team, and you know. But if it's just you and something's just gone wrong, like it, it's kind of easier to cope with because we make mistakes all the time. Like, you know, this is just body mistake, and mm. it's you, and it's just what it is. Instead of being like, what you're doing. (laughs) You found slipping these, uh, this notion of uh, mind and body separation as as actually comforting for you. You didn't Mm -hmm. have to blame your body anymore because actually there is no such thing as a separate body. It's just me. It's just you and you have a condition Mm -hmm. that you cope with um, rather than blame your body. Some people might feel, though, that it's kind of comforting to be able to blame this separate thing. Mm -hmm. So when people get older, um, as as you get older, I guess you start to notice your body not doing what it used to be able to do. So again, that, that... it's quite a strong feeling that, you know, you, you talk to old people and they still, they say, well, I feel the same as I did, like, you know, when I was a teenager, but my body doesn't allow me to do it anymore. You know, so yeah. dancing or running or playing but football. think about those old people, that that old couple that has the, the bike that they bike together on a, what is it called? when you Tandem. Yeah, they have their tandem bike and they bike miles together. And yeah, but like they won't be able 90. to go as far as they used to go. I don't know, mate, they bike real far. <laughs> They go real far. Um, so maybe if you like take back ownership of your body, there's things you could do. Because like, we've... Also bear in mind that there's all of these like rules around bodies as mm. well. So if you separate bodies from yourself, then there's all these rules. So it's like, old bodies don't do that, can't do that. Yeah. But if it's just you, then it's like, well, what age do I have to stop doing that no I don't because it's me and I like doing it and I can yeah. keep doing it and like there are fit old people yeah you look at some dancers ballet dancers particularly seem to be I mean obviously some of their bones are, are abused but sometimes they are still able to, to dance yeah. and so on even up into their 80s you know yeah and like you know just think about like he's passing out but like there was um, Bruce Forsyth wasn't there mm. he was very fit still and he could like do a do a bit of a dance and mm. stuff and I don't know I feel like when you go to the gym as well there's a lot of fit fit oldies at the gym mm. people make jokes they're like oh god I had to keep stopping on the treadmill and this old man was just like beating me <laughs> but yes because like he probably enjoys fitness and he never stopped mm. you know so you're you're saying that it's unhealthy really to have this it's mentally unhealthy to have this mm. feeling that your body is separate to to your mind I feel like it it can be. I'm mm. sure that there are ways that you can probably come to terms and and not not have it be detrimental. But I feel like it creates when you create a dualism by nature. People often want to say, "Well, what, we 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 did an example of like we did we put a bunch of binaries and then it's like there's there's good, there's bad, there's dark, there's light, there's you know all of these things mm. like so then there's when you get to the other binaries like male female." femininity masculinity Mm. like um pain or happiness you know like there's Mm. all these different things and we just inherently sort of either by human nature or by Mm. conditioning we put things in the good slash bad good slash bad yeah or like better or worse Mm. and then you know do we end up with mind better and body worse 
is my kind of thing and also like does it create limitations like you yeah. said like do you have to become weak and hunched as you get older mm. or can you keep going because that's just what we've decided that that's what that body's now capable of yeah i think we have to be careful that we don't slip into kind of mind over matter um thinking because yeah. it you know people still have ailments real ailments and mm. as you get older you are able to do less you're physically not able to be as strong but seeing it as a mind and body separation um gives you more the, power yeah um or it gives you more power if you see them yeah. as the same essentially yeah. you are you yeah. you are a whole individual as soon as you split yourself in two um then yeah you've got a um potential battle on your yeah. hands which is again the language which is used so um in this module i also explored and i wrote an essay on um cancer narratives because i find it really interesting like so I, my whole module i sort of focus on the health side because that's what i find interesting and mm. obviously have a personal investment in and i wrote about in my larger essay i wrote about cancer narratives and the fact that it turns your body into a battleground mm. where you are trying to beat your body and mm. the thing that has gone wrong because obviously at the end of the day cancer is a mutation of cells mm. so originally that was you and mm. your body and it is you and your mm. body that's mm. now attacking you and hurting you but you know then you have winners and you have losers as well yeah i guess it's a danger. mechanism though that that it's a it's a completely understandable move to say this isn't me this is that thing called cancer yeah um and but you're right from a physical point of view it's it is cell division gone wrong essentially mm -hmm. um but to turn it into this grand battle yeah. and it, it you know it, it could be exhausting because what you just need to focus on potentially is just getting through the day because mm. it's hard it's mm. hard to go through that but every day is a battle when you need to be a particular valorized type of like cancer battler cancer mm. warrior yeah that was what your um your piece was looking yeah. at wasn't it how we as a society um frame uh illness illness yeah because yeah. it's you know we your you're sick and your body is mm. sick and you need to battle it and fight it and yeah. get rid of it. And it's yeah. Okay, so I think there's some really interesting things there and I um, I, I really I get what you're saying. Mm. Um, I should mention that um, from a, a psychological point of view, yeah, the, the mind-body dualism approach is, is not the way that, that psychologists generally mm. approach um what's actually happening but the language of how we talk about ourselves i think it's almost so ingrained into our language that it's really difficult to avoid so you know if uh, i'm not a counselor but a counselor might talk about you know your own thinking and catastrophizing for instance mm -hmm. And they might help you to explore what you think might go wrong and why you're worried about these catastrophes happening and so on. 
but it's almost like you're asking the person to look at themselves from another position, if you see what I mean. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, we were talking before about how strong this feeling is that that there is somebody in there that is kind of like... Uh, another favourite word of mine is a homunculus. Mm. Um, this idea that there's a, a sort of mini-me mm-hmm. inside driving me. Yeah. See, um, you get that more than I do. I don't feel yeah. like that. I don't feel like I've got a little... like you. No. I have a very strong sense of that. And it's interesting because, again, you tend to just assume that everybody has that um, sense. But I, I really do. So I will talk to myself internally. Um, you know, what am I going to do? How should I do that? You know, what, what should I do next? And what are my goals? And I'll, I'll talk to myself as though I am talking to mm. something else. Um, but you don't really experience that, you say? No, it's more like... like I obviously think, but I'm mm. not, like, going through it in in deep, sort of, like, full sentences. It's like I have thoughts, but they're not... Like, you know when people in um, films, when somebody's got uh, the ability to read minds and everyone's, like, having mm. full sentences, I'm like, that's not how people think. But is that how you think? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I'm not like said ironically. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. Okay, so after this, we're going to go to the shop, and I'm going to like get some milk, and I'll. Or we also need bread, so I'll get some bread, and then I'll have a cheese sandwich, and I get home. And I don't think like that. I'm like, yeah, milk, bread. Mm, there's cheese. I'll have mm, cheese sandwich. Like it's not like. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think you have to have perfect grammar for it to be an internal voice. I, I still think. You know, if you went into a, a room and you were really hungry and there was a cake there or there was a nice big pile of food there, I think you would there'd be something there that would go, Oh good. <laughs> oh, somebody's made some dinner for me. Um do now, I feel like I animals, have a feeling animals right, yeah. don't do that, obviously, no. but I think humans do because I don't we know, have when language, you get Peppa's twizzle st- stick out, she's like Twizzle stick. But she doesn't know she doesn't associate she doesn't have an internal dialogue does she because she doesn't have language no but she's so happy about it yeah absolutely but it's not a dialogue no but I don't think I don't know if I think to myself like oh yay cake I think I'm like yes (laughs) maybe Mm, I'm more like the dog interesting (laughs) maybe you're more like the dog yeah I don't know it's really interesting it's um, it's such a qualitative experience that it's hard to um, obviously, uh, this comes to the root of the question, doesn't it? You know, if I was to inhabit, or if we were, well, we couldn't switch bodies because there. If if what you're saying is true, there is nothing there to switch. But this sense, anyway, whether you experience it or not, I think a lot of people do experience the sense that they are kind of there's like a little mini me inside mm. pulling the strings. Um, when I was a, a kid, we used to have a a comic called the Beezer and there used to be a little um, cartoon called the numbskulls and the numbskulls were like the little mini me's inside your brain that were responsible for things the um, the film Disney film Up not Up um, the film Inside Out has that's more representing emotions but still there's like that internal dialogue going on in there I get there. more with that I get the more emotion thing mm. it's just less like I feel like the emotion thing I'm like yeah I get that I, I, I just I'm less like like you said we said before in the pre-talk you sit there and like have full like breakdowns of not crying <laughs> like like breaking it down like yeah. 
of of what you're gonna do and like this and that but i'm like i'll just go talk to someone so right now uh, well not right now because i'm doing the podcast right now but um today for instance um i've not been on the computer today at all um because i want to give myself a bit of time to think about what i want to do for 2021 so i'm around about this time i always do this around christmas i stop working physically but i am thinking about what i'm going to do next year so what are my goals for next year mm. i'm thinking about should i do the john groats lands end cycle thing again can i afford it this year probably not i should have started earlier if i was going to do it all those things are going through my head um i'm not saying they're perfectly formed sentences but they are they are um i can identify them i can separate them and report on them yeah. as thoughts i've had but for me right so I'm moving out in January. Mm. Um, Aiden texted me and was like, me and Mia are going to move out. Do you want to move out? And I was like, mm, maybe. Dad, should I move out? <laughs> and I talked about it. And I was like, Mum, what do you think? And I called Thomas and I was like, what do you think? So I like, gathered different yeah, thoughts but ultimately and spoke you, about them differently. You have to decide whether you're going to do it. Or yeah, I you? did, yeah. But like, a lot of that was formed by having conversations. Mm. It's not necessarily what you guys said. It was what you asked and therefore I mm. responded with. And I'm excited. See what I mean? Like, it's more emotional for me. I, like, thought about it. And I waited to see what I felt about it. And I felt excited about it. So now I'm doing it. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm very analytical. And I, I will sort of think yeah. about it, talk about it to myself. You tend to you tend to talk everything through, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I sometimes I say, you know, stop talking about it and actually do it. That's the um, yeah, but I do do it. But I have yeah. to talk to people. Yeah, you, you talk it through first, don't you? Yeah. Okay. That's what I find annoying when you say that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm coming to decisions at the moment. Yeah. So I suppose the, the other f- um, facet on this is is a different sort of psychology which is um the psychoanalytic side of things so mm. freud and lacan and people like that not lacan that's um, even worse than freud yeah i mean neither of us are big fans of freud or psychoanalysis the problem is when you do a media slash english any of the humanities they always roll out freud i did freud yeah. more than you mm, you did yeah um because and also when you do a joint honors they roll it out double because mm. they both want to roll him out and i'm just like put him away but it is so Freud is so influential in and again film and media and so yes, on. Yeah. It's it, it's Star Trek. It's always Freud who's brought back or he's a lunatic. Know, it, and it's um, we we need to do a separate thing about Freud. But um, the fact that he's a lunatic. <laughs> but the my one of my psychology teachers lecturers she said if uh, if Freud had been around these days she thinks he would be in prison. <laughs> Probably yeah. Um, but. Yeah, but um, he did. Um, I mean, he's grappling with with our experience again, mm-hmm. and he tried to do it in a in a methodical and sort of scientific way. Mm-hmm. I think we would argue now that it wasn't scientific, but he did. It is called psychoanalysis for a reason, um, and he but he starts from a position that essentially what's going on is there is a subconscious or an unconscious mind and a conscious mind so straight away yeah. you're back to a dualism again yeah. aren't you? Yeah. um but to but to imagine there is no such thing as an unconscious um, part of us i think is a mistake as well we know 
that in psychology we know that decisions we are we may make decisions before we can report on it so mm. there have been experiments where people have been asked to make a choice between two things and the um the neuro imaging can can tell you what that person is going to do before they yeah. can even report on it i suppose to use like the computery language that we often use around bodies and minds it's to me that's less that there's like two parts of you mm. and more that like some things that just have shortcuts because like from your past mm. and mm. from what you know and yeah. so on it, it's like well this is like the right thing to do because you couldn't think about everything to full capacity because right. we'd never do anything so we must no. have some shortcuts because we're like based on like everything that's happened to me up to this point if you don't know what to do the best thing to do is go left or something yeah. like i don't know why but based on like what's happened to you and so on that's what you think well it's the old thing of driving a car isn't it you know mm-hmm. you get so used to going to a place and you don't even think about it it's that's your autopilot oh, if only i don't know where i'm going ever it's a constant a constant yeah. mystery even when i'm driving the car <laughs> where will i end up who knows i you always need have... the that's that's about you have to have an outer voice talking to you yeah. to tell you where to go yeah maybe one time i forgot maybe one time i forgot to put on the sat nav though and it was really stressful because i was just like oh my god it's not only have i only been here twice which for you apparently is enough um to know for me it is not um <laughs> I need that's to do it so point. many times because if I'm going somewhere, I, that's another time when I will talk to myself. Right? Do I need to go left here? Do I need to go right here? What? What's? The, oh yeah, I remember this bit. I have a different brain to you. I feel like <laughs> I don't know because like vi- I'm very good at remembering visual stuff, mm. but that sort of thing I'm just like. Pfft. So the only way that I got home is because I was like visualizing. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't like saying to myself like okay this is where we go da, 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 da. anyway let's go back to Freud so according to Freud there is um there is there are these two parts to us and um our we're, we're conscious con- constantly in this state of kind of neurosis because mm. we there's this part of us that is um unhappy and um and suppressed and uh confused. <laughs> but there's then this other executive side of us if you like that is mm. that is trying to um uh suppress all of those issues if you like i mean he splits it into three in a sense in that you've got the the ego which i suppose you could describe as yeah. as the the thing you're conscious of if you like your consciousness and then you've got the id which is this animalistic um instinctive bits that you don't kind of um you don't you're not consciously aware of but this is where all the sexual repression stuff comes from that he talks mm-hmm. about and then you've got the super ego which is like the i suppose the the voice of authority the uh the conscience the mm-hmm. socialization that that keeps suppresses that yeah. id um and then the the ego is is the bit that is trying to uh keep everything in in balance um it's um but yeah yeah i think the thing is like it's interesting the only time i've actually done a psychoanalytical like essay was in regards to frankenstein Mm. so i said that frankenstein was the like superego and frank and uh frankenstein's monster was the id 
so that's how I like displayed it and yeah. and it's potential that the thing is like these things I think it's fine to use them in relation to media and creative stuff because we're all influenced by it mm. so there is the potential that Shelley wrote that being influenced by that and meaning that but it doesn't mean that that's how people actually work is what I would say so I don't think that like I do um I won't swear because I don't know if we do that on this not much no I don't want to poop on um <laughs> on uh you know psychoanalysis yeah. entirely because I think it does have a place in analyzing certain texts um because we are influenced by it so there is you know there is the chance that people write stuff with that in mind yes i think what you're saying is that um, as a as a way of understanding analyzing film and media then it has its place because that is a social construct Mm -hmm. that we use and that's where media comes from Mm -hmm. but as a way to understand psychology it's not we shouldn't be using it no because i don't think that is how i don't i don't don't know maybe do you feel like you're in a constant battle in your brain in your in yourself like suppressing certain things and allowing other things i think there's there is sometimes a feeling of that isn't there if you um you know i suppose there's this old temptation versus um uh ethics question isn't there mm-hmm. you know it's like you, you might be tempted to do something that you know is wrong mm-hmm. um and I mean there's times when you like let's say you, you get really angry about something and you want to scream and shout at somebody or you might even want to hit them or mm. something like that and there's another part of you that says look that's you know just calm down that's not acceptable um, the emotional side of you the animalistic side of you if you like um, will just respond in a very animalistic way um, I feel whereas... like I need to put up some walls or something so I just do exactly whatever's happening and result. <laughs> There it goes. I, I just don't think... I think you must just be not conscious of it. Yeah, um, maybe. Because the way you behave is very much... Um, uh, is not just... Well, I don't... Go, just for the sake of breaking the wall for the audience, I don't hit people or, like, no. shout at people. I'm very careful and conscientious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sky. That's sky. I score high on conscientiousness. You do. As do I. Yeah. yeah. That, in that respect, we're both similar. Yeah. But I don't feel like I get to the same... Maybe we don't get to the same place in the same way. But me and Mum both have the same issue, though, where we will sometimes say things and then afterwards we'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, what's his name from Harry Potter? We shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. that. Yeah. <laughs> But I think you know. To I think, given that so many people talk about this, just because you don't experience that or you don't think you do, I think I'm it just would be, not being self-evaluative. Maybe I'm be, just going about yeah. the world, letting it happen. You know. Like, um, but yeah, I think. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of the afterwards. Maybe this is my problem. I have the after fear. I'm like, oh no, what have I done? It's never the end of the world, really. But I do worry. See, I worry. Maybe yeah, that's you are a warrior. Yeah. That's when I hear my inner voice. <laughs> it only worries. <laughs> it's only a state of panic. Um, um, yeah, so I think it's so ingrained um that to dismiss this idea altogether mm. so this is this is I suppose the counter argument to what yeah. you said. Um to dismiss the idea that we should forget about this entirely mm. seems to me to be unrealistic. Um, I'm afraid though. What if I start hearing my inner voice all the time now? 
I'm not saying you personally need to do it. I'm saying as a society to just abandon this idea entirely that there is this this dialectic going on, this conversation going on, mm. um, this negotiation going on between the the conscious person and and the body. I think it's just that's really hard to break. I'm not sure we're mm. really going to break that. People have that such a strong sense of that. Um, but it's probably a good idea to um, to consider it more um, fluid than we do. Yeah. So I think your your point's really well made in that. You know, if you think about your body as some separate thing that doesn't really isn't really you, it's just it's just a vehicle that you use. Then that creates a terrible schism between you and and your flesh if you like yeah. um which probably is psychologically not very healthy i think so mm. we must be moving towards i think we are moving more towards like body acceptance i think it's just interesting in itself that we are often like disgusted by bodies aren't we and mm. like <laughs> just the abhorrent bodies um like we don't like any bodily function we're like ew but it's just doing what it has to do Mm. you know what i mean like body's just doing what body's gotta do um but we hate it (laughs) yeah we are we are disgusted by our bodies aren't we in many respects yeah everything that Mm. we try and make it secret like Mm. we go to the bathroom and it's like oh turn the taps on no one can know that i'm doing bodily functions like we all know what happens in there but we're trying to pretend Mm. it's not and like Mm. oh make sure you've got like you know people like you know end up giving themselves bad ears because they you know over clean their eardrums you know with oh, the right. point you know with the mm. q-tips you're not mm. meant to actually do I that mean, no. no but we're like get rid of the brown don't let anyone know that we create it <laughs> and things like that and it's like well, what's mm. going on and i feel like maybe that's because mm. i don't know that this mind body dualism and it's like we mm. don't have this sort of like inherent sort of I don't know, maybe it's the dualism that created it or maybe it's been there the whole time, I don't know, but it allows you to sort of, or encourages you to dislike mm. your body and bodies in general. Mm. Um, I feel like we've kind Talked of covered that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, we've probably not come to any conclusions. I think I've learned a bit more about you and how weird you are, mm. which is always good. You yeah. don't actually have an inner voice. Well, I think I do. <laughs> I think it's just like at sea. My inner voice is at sea. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's gone away somewhere. It's not no, there. no, no, it is. It's just like, it's just sort of like, it's having probably a hard time of it. I don't know, because I'm just like out there living and it's like, listen, don't do that thing otherwise we have to worry about it later. Do you know what I mean? Not really, but anyway, like that's said, quite good. Like I said, me and, me and mum, how many times do we go, Oh, why did I say I'll do that thing for that person? I'm I'm really interested in how many other people experience an inner voice. Um, it wouldn't be a scientific poll, but if you're listening to this podcast, um, yeah, and thinking, yeah, of course you've got an inner voice. I'd like to know. Uh, and alternatively, if you think, well, I don't really you know have what? that, then I think I have an inner voice. I just don't think I'm listening. <laughs> That's what I've come to the decision. Uh, because right. I did manage to get home. 
it, mm. when I didn't, I forgot to turn the sat nav on. I did get home, but but a dog or a cat will be able to find its way home. It doesn't have yeah. an inner voice, no. so I don't think you need a, a sentient creature doesn't need an inner voice to mm. be able to exist and live its life. But I would suggest that um, human beings, in order for them to function as a human being. Um, has to have an inner voice somewhere but I could be wrong about that that could just be a prejudice I have mm. um, and I, I know there are some bits of research around this question so mm. I might do a bit more research on that we'll talk we specifically talk about just about the inner voice yeah yeah I do wonder yeah like I said I think mine's just at sea like it's desperately and there's a lighthouse somewhere and it's like <laughs> desperately trying to get me to to listen I'm just like oh. okay so don't forget to subscribe yeah and to tell do a somebody review. oh tell yeah someone. do a review yeah we've not said about the review not had any reviews yet review so thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next time bye bye what should i think about is an evil sheep production 